You're listening to Tuesday Terrors on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy as Lothar Tuppen brings you Wednesday Wonders. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of amazing audio or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast player. And thank you for listening, everybody. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Previously on Wormwood, Dr. Xander Crow arrived in the town of Wormwood following the vision of a dead woman, only to discover that there was no dead woman until Emily Saunders was drowned in her bathtub by her first grade student, Dexter Nolan. Sheriff Tom Bradley reluctantly accepted Crow's expertise in strange phenomenon upon hearing of Emily's death, and after finding bar owner Steve Haskell killed, an apparent victim of the mysterious Muddy Man. Dr. Xander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 10, The Funeral, written by David Acampo. How do they do this? Oh, Tom. Here, let me help you with your tie. There. Now, aren't you a handsome one? We should get you dressed up more often, Mr. Bradley. Oh, I don't much like the reason for the monkey suit, Lynette. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I just can't believe this thing still fits. Stop fidgeting. Wow, you look beautiful. Is that, is that a new dress? Now, who's being inappropriate for a funeral? <laughs> it's a terrible thing. I still don't quite understand what's going on with this crow fellow. Oh, Jesus, it's a mess, Lynette. Best I don't bother you with it. You really believe he didn't kill Emily? <sighs> yeah. He was in his cell at the time. I, I know it wasn't him. But I can't believe that Dexter knows. Dexter did not kill Emily. I know that. I know that for sure. You know what some people are saying. Oh, Lord. They're talking about cults and such. Do you really think there's anything to that? Lynette, sweetie. Look, just don't worry your pretty little head over it. Wormwood's just the same sleepy little town it's always been. We've just had a, a nasty run of bad luck. Are you trying to convince me or yourself of that? Look, I'm going to keep this town in order, Lynette. You can count on that. Tom, do you think there's such a thing as black magic? Do I think... Oh, Lynette. Look, I don't waste my time thinking about anything I can't put my own two hands on. Like your hips. Right, 
here. <laughs> well, from what I heard, this crow character talks a good game about visions and magic. You know what? I really don't care what Crow says. He's just as confused as the rest of us right now. Mm. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> me the most. I can't possibly begin to imagine, Dr. Crow. That girl, Emma. Emily. Yes, Emma Lee. Hmm. Why would she have had a six-year-old in her house at night? Oh, right, right. Because we usually keep our doors all locked up from the rampaging toddlers. Yes, well, no, what I mean to say is... Look, Dr. Crow, Wormwood's a nice little town, and trust me, I've lived in some bad ones. Lived in a city or two in my time, too, but Wormwood, now, I'm not saying it's anything near perfect, but folks here take care of each other, and that's a good thing. It's been my vision. It was almost as if... And that's another thing. I wouldn't keep on too much about the visions. Visions make people nervous. You heard Tom the other day. You don't believe me? I didn't say that. As a matter of fact... Dr. Crow... Who could he? Oh, hello, Jimmy. Dr. Crow, I picked up your new phone. New phone? Yes. I have this phone. Oh. Which I believe belonged to a friend of yours. Steve Haskell. Bartender Steve, yes. I missed his funeral the other day. He was... I mean, when you called me from that... Mm. Anyway, yes, there may have been some useful numbers on the phone, but I appear to have damaged it sometime during the night. Some pieces? What'd you do? Take all the screws out? Uh, Dr. Crow, with Steve and I... Uh But but hey, check this out. Check this phone. Camera, MP3 player. I've even downloaded a new ringtone for you. (laughs) Well, I won't miss that sound, do I? Hear that? The depressive manics. What? What? The what now, Jimmy? My band. Hey, sorry I asked. Well, ex-band. Tyler called me yesterday. Apparently we're breaking up. Something about creative differences. Whatever. I'm over it already. The Manics were holding me back. I got a new idea. Jimmy! It's sort of this sky fusion thing. Jimmy! Huh. Hmm. May I please have the phone? Uh, yeah, sure. Here. Hey, Deidre, can you use the phone and call Dr. Crow? I want to hear my song again. Uh, business use only, dear. What about customers? You haven't bought anything. Well, what can I get for, uh... $62. Oh, cents. just have a cup of coffee, Jimmy, on the house. About to close up anyway. The funeral's gonna start in a few. Oh, man, is that today? Sparrow, Crow, new phone, call me. Oh my, that was quick. Just screening the calls as you've taken to calling me from dead men's numbers. How's the new phone? Dandy, I believe it has a camera. Oh, 
can you take a picture of you with a local holding up a giant trout that you caught out on Lake God I'm bored now? Funny. Say, how'd you change your ring tone? Uh, why bother? You'll just dismantle this one in a few days anyway. A few days may be too long. I don't get it. Never mind. Where are we, Sparrow? Up a certain creek without a rowing implement. Good news, then? Let's recap, shall we? A woman drowned by a child similar to a murder 70 years ago. A recitation from the Lesser Key of Solomon. An old scar that may or may not be a symbol from said book. A Hank Mason, which looks like it may be an alias. A Stephen Edward Haskell, who aside from a stint at San Quentin, looks to be pretty ordinary. Oh, and something entirely unreliable about a hilled relic, which, as far as I can tell, doesn't fit in with any folklore for this region. You're giving me puzzle pieces with the nub sanded down. Nothing here fits. It does fit. We just can't see the larger picture yet. You're doing it again. Doing what? What are you talking about? Amanda Marino. Samantha Holloway. You're trying so hard to dissect and analyze the situation that you're not listening to what's being said. Nothing is being said. Well, there you go. I don't believe that, and I don't think you do either. The murder, it serves a purpose. I just... I need to see the medical examiner's notes. There's something more with Emily. I don't think you've got all the pieces in place yet. Well, give me a call when you do. Until then, I can tell you this. There is an invocation of Uriel from the Grimorium Verum. <laughs> it involves, and I quote here, a new glass vial filled with spring water, drawn shortly before the operation. Three small tapers of virgin wax mixed with human fat. If you hear a grinding sound at any point, please note that it's simply the sound of my patience being worn thin. I've got to remember to dose your whiskey with Ritalin one of these days. Fine. I'll skip to the good part. Let there be also a young boy of nine or ten years, cleanly and modestly dressed and of good behavior, who must be placed near the table. The boy Dexter. This is a divination, Xander. Hydromancy. Crystal gazing in bathwater, but it's the drowning. It doesn't seem to make sense. A ritual murder? As I've been telling you. Now how is it tied to my vision? Uh, you're a big Budinsky. The boy is part of the ritual. We, we know this, but someone had to prepare him. I need to find out who he spent time with. His mom? His sister has apparently gone missing. So it's a family affair. It still doesn't explain why I'm the target of these visions. The target. Is that the real question here? What are you trying to figure out? Who killed this woman, or how does it affect the almighty Dr. Crow? Your problem is that you believe those to be two separate questions. You put it all together then, Professor Big Brain. Me and the rest of the lackeys will just keep sweeping up all the broken pieces as you go. Broken? Just try not to leave too many bodies in your oh, That's uncalled for. The next time you call, think first. Bloody hell, that woman is infuriating. Try not to leave too many bodies. <sighs> Old scars and ritual sacrifice. And this town continues to confound me, and yet, well, uh, let's get along to this funeral. It's always a good time. to mourn the passing of Emily Saunders, who was taken from us all too quickly. 
I also want to thank Brent Saunders for allowing me to preside over Emily's service. I know we haven't had a proper priest in town since Father Callahan come to our services. I'm honored today to talk Who's about the third wearing the priest's collar? Hmm? Oh, hello, Crow. Yeah. Little town, you folks certainly have your eccentricities. Oh, if you're talking about Sister George, she, she used to love Father Callahan's services. She was a devoted member of the flock, to a hell of a bake sale, too. Well, that when, when Callahan died some years back, well, she fell apart, cut her hair off, went a little crazy. And now she's the town's spiritual guide. This explains everything. Oh, well, she's an odd duck, I'll give you that, but she's a good woman. She sends a good message to the folks here. They can look past the fact that she's wearing a priest's collar. We're not exactly all tied up in church goings-on, in case you haven't noticed. Well, I have been a bit busy looking for a murderer. You know, you really should get to know the folks who live here, Crow. Right, 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 right. So she was a friend of Emily's, eh? A confidant. She's not a suspect, Crow. Usurping the church and getting herself up as the town's spiritual guru? That's not like that, Crow. I see. Well... Maybe I'm just having trouble getting past the pink mohawk and the combat boots. Yeah, well, that takes a while. You know, it was St. George who slew the dragon, Shiro. Hmm? What dragon did your good sister slay? Fashion sense, perhaps? Now, who's that? Oh, Charles and Katrina Edison. They run the movie theater on Griffin Road. Well, I'm glad that your little village has come screaming into the 21st century with the motion picture industry, but I'm actually referring to the elderly gentleman they're wheeling up the hillside. Oh, that's uh, that's Phineas. Phineas Tebert. He's he's lived in Wormwood a long time. You may have seen that the big house on the hill up there. Interesting. You're not interviewing the old man. You really are a dark cloud, aren't you, Sheriff? Priests, old men, and six-year-old boys are your biggest suspects? In my line of work, we do call it the trifecta of the damned. We are most definitely not talking about your line of work today, Crow. And where would Dexter be today? We weren't really sure what to do. Wayne's got him down at the station right now so that Peggy Nolan could pay her respects. She's pretty shaken, what with Rachel missing and now this. Do you have any sevens? Go fish. Do you have any aces? Darn it! <laughs> it's not funny. When's my mom coming to pick me up? After the service, I guess. She... Well, it's important for her to pay respects to Emma... To Mrs. Saunders. Why did Mrs. Saunders die? Uh... Well, uh, did, uh, um, well, uh, did your mom talk to you about all of this already? No, she just cried a lot. And and you really don't remember anything, huh? About what? About, you know, the whole thing with Mrs. Saunders. Did she fall in the bathtub? I fell in the bathtub once and hit my head pretty bad, and I had a bump on my head, and Dr. Menno said I could have a concussion? Concussion. Yeah, but then it went away, and I was okay again. How come Mrs. Saunders wasn't okay? Well, she didn't 
just have a concussion, Dexter. She... Uh, look, I really shouldn't be talking about this, Dexter. Why not? It's just... Uh, look, see this badge? I'm a deputy. I'm not the sheriff. I just... I really don't think I should be talking to you about this. Wayne, when you die, the knife will pierce your stomach and work its way slowly up your sternum. You'll bleed to death, slowly and painfully, as your intestines spill out across the floor. Now you just shut your mouth! What's wrong, Mr. Drexel? What's... What? What's wrong? You can't talk like that! I I just asked if you have any sixes. No! You just... I mean... What you just said about the the knife and... What knife? Dexter, stop playing games with me! You don't want to play goldfish anymore? No, I... I... I've got two sixes. Hey, you want to play hangman after this? Emily's weathered light in our lives snuffed out too quickly, but we'll always carry Emily in our hearts, and in that way she'll live on, both here and in God's kingdom. Jacob! Shh! I don't have to be quiet, remember? Nobody can hear me! Rachel, I have to stop talking because I can't answer you. Good. You're a captive audience. Dr. Meadow is looking right at me. It must look like I'm crazy. I had quite a laugh over at He said you're a tool, Mr. Kidder. Shh. What? I think that's I'm listening, Dad. That's all to what Sister George is saying. I don't know what's gotten into you, son. But your mother and I are very concerned. Dad, can we talk about this any time but now? Oh, we'll do plenty of talking, Jacob. We've got the time, especially now that you're so completely grounded that you won't be leaving the house until your 18th birthday. Now that is a grounding, Jacob. Welcome to the ranks of rebellious teenagers. Time for an emo haircut and some eyeliner. Not talking to you. Oh, don't worry. You'll look fab in eyeliner. And maybe a little foundation, in for a penny, in for a... Hey, what's she doing here? That's that girl. That hangs out at that bar. Lamora Haskell. I'm sorry, uh, sweetie. Did you, did you have something you wanted to say? You're all just a bunch of hypocrites. You're crying over this pathetic little school teacher, but not one of you came to Steve's funeral. Not one of you said goodbye. And after what happened... Lamora, dear, please, think about this. The whole town's just a bit shaken. Get away from me. You don't think I know? You think I don't know that this town killed Steve? Killed my father and my mother? Hey, darling. Just calm down. Get man. your hands off me! Just because I did it with you this at one time. Whoa, hey now. Let's not get carried away there. Miss Haskell, please. Can we just talk about this after Emily's service? <laughs> Emily, Emily, Emily! Don't look at me like I'm crazy. I'm not the crazy one. You're all crazy. The muddy man will snip you. He'll snip you. I hope he tears you all to pieces like he did Steve. He ripped Steve's arm from his socket while I watched. Skin and muscle tore apart and the bones popped in their sockets. And cracked under the pressure. Crack, crack. 
Oh, the screaming! Young lady, you're gonna stop this right now. Emily was weak. She was a pathetic weakling. Not like Steve. She would have jumped from the quarry of it hadn't. You shut up. You can't make me. You don't know anything. You're just stupid little girl. You just shut your damn mouth right now, or I'll shut it for you. You don't talk about Emily that way. Did she struggle? Did she struggle when she was held under the water? How well did you know your wife, Mr. Saunders? Ah! Oh, whoa, Brent, hang on. Stop it. Brent, please, just let Tom handle it. Tom's got the situation under control. Hank. Ah! It's, it's okay, Brent. You goddamn son of a bitch. Whoa, hold on, son. I'm gonna kill you first. Hank, no. <clears throat> Hank, stop it. Now, when have I seen moves like that before? Certainly not from... He attacked me, D. You're going to hurt him, Brent. Brent! Let me kill... me. Brent. Brent, listen. I know what you did. Hank, walk away. You've done enough already. Brent, come on, darling. Let's... Let's get on this. Are you trying to apologize? Oh, I just need to call you and tell you about the most wonderful spectacle I've witnessed in this very moment. Aren't you supposed to be at a funeral? Indeed, I have this girl somehow related to our bartender. She is really quite impressively insane. What is that? Crow, move aside, please. I've got to escort Miss Haskell here. What is up with these damn birds? Yes, but Sheriff, I was wondering if I could talk no, to... No, not, not now, Crow. Come on, we're going. Why are you mad? It's you. Definitely the best funeral I've been to in quite some time. I am really, really sorry about this, folks. Maybe... I'm not really sure what to do here. Would, would anyone like to say a few words about Emily? Yes, sister, I would. Oh, this should go fantastically well. Oh. <clears throat> oh, uh, Jimmy details. Um, okay, well, I'll take it away, I guess. Thank you, sister George. I, Jimmy Details, formerly of the Depressive Manics, with an X, would like to take a moment to reflect on this great tragedy. This morning, when I found out from our drummer Tyler that the depressive manics were breaking up, I thought to myself, wow, now there are like two great things that have been ripped from this world far too soon. And now, as a tribute to Emily, I'd like to sing an original Jimmy Details composition that probably would have gone on the Manics demo CD, but is maybe more fitting here today. And I cried... When I heard the news, the tears ran like rivers, and the snot bled down my nose until I couldn't, couldn't take it anymore. Snot bubble, snot bubble, snot bubble. Crying so hard, I formed a snot bubble, snot bubble, snot bubble. Thank you. That was called snot bubble. Ah, well, uh, thank you for that, Jimmy. So, anyone else? Anyone? Okay, well, why, why don't we wrap this up?
to be continued on the next episode of Wormwood. Created by David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers, Wormwood is an original podcast produced by Habit Forming Films, LLC, featuring the cast of Season 1 characters. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Parozzi as Sparrow and Rachel Nolan, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Mr. Brezier, Phineas Tibbert, and your announcer, Rob Grindlinger as Sheriff Tom Bradley and Cedric Bloomington, Coralie Nickars as Emily Saunders and Deidre Frost, Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan, Dave Johnston as Deputy Wayne Drexel, Zachary Fawkes as Brent Saunders and Charles Edison, Cheyenne Besize as Lamora Haskell and Katrina Edison, Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley, Chris Blaylock as Dr. Pete Menno, and Peter Dirksen as Jimmy Details and Jonesy. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Staff writers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Allspaugh, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta. Executive producers, David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Sound effects engineered by Chris Sahakian. Copyright 2007, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. Totally. <laughs> this is so like the next Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, excuse me, I want to get a picture of animal sounds. I'm going to kind of sing kind of ballady for the first part, yeah. like I'm fooling them, and then once I get into the snot bubble parts, like, snot bubble! Snot bubble! Snot bubble! You know, like a... the... Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to start with, now where have I seen movies Are like that? Are you recording before? all of this? Because that's just awesome. He looks so cute and cuddly as he hops around, delivering colorful eggs to children around the world. But something has gone wrong. A meteor hit the earth near this hard-working bunny, and he started to change. This Easter, experience the terror of Easter Bunny. A 50-foot-tall bundle of ferocious fur will deliver eggs that explode on impact. And watch out for that cotton tail. This cute, cuddly colossus is a true basket case. Coming soon to a theater near you. Easter Bunny. Hippity hoppity. Easter's on its way. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.